We are beginning a brand new series. <laughs> this series is called Facts, and um, we are going to attempt to answer some frequently asked questions. Now, um, I, I'm going to start out with some statistics, because the only way we can talk about facts is if we talk about stats, and so that's what we're going to do. Um, so, <laughs> you guys good? Is it okay if we just jump right in? All right, cool. Um, so, Gen Z, your guys' generation, um, is one of the most interesting. And I don't say that sarcastically at all. It really is. There's so many studies about Gen Z um, and really a lot more information that people have um, compiled about your guys' generation um, than a lot of other generations. Um, millennials, my generation, we pretty much just suck. Like, that's kind of like the summary. Um, the summary of millennials, like if you ask the generations ahead of us, boomers, they do not like us. Um, and Gen Z, um, you guys just laugh at us. So we're, um, it's fine. I, I'm fine. It's fine. Gen Z, on the other hand, is, is very unique and interesting. Um, Gen Z, so here are a couple stats about it. Gen Z is the most racially and ethnically uh, diverse, is more racially and ethnically diverse than any previous generation. So there's more diversity. Um, Gen Z cares about the world and the environment, um, political and social economic problems that society faces today. You guys care about that. You're involved. You have voices, a part of that. Um, according to Forbes, Gen Z is considered the most powerful generation with the most potential for creating change. That's pretty cool. But with all of that, um, it has been summarized that Gen Z is also the most stressed generation, largely due to social media, where especially like my generation, so we grew up, I know this is hard to believe, um, but when I grew up, social media wasn't a thing. The first social media thing that I knew about was MySpace, um, and MySpace was like, you had friends. In fact, it was, it was pretty, like, cutthroat because um, MySpace, you had, like, top eight friends, and you would post on your page your top eight friends. And then the crazy thing was is you could cycle through that. So, like, if, if, like, if like Jeremy or whoever, I don't even think I've ever had a friend named Jeremy. Is there any Jeremy's in the house? Yeah, okay, nobody knows Jeremy. Anyways, um... Oh, okay, sweet. So Jeremy, like, whatever he did, like, he's out of the top eight, right? Like, so it was pretty intense. So whatever the case, like, social media, I kind of um, was, kind of grew into that. You know what I mean? Then Facebook came along and Instagram and all those things. Um, where your guys' generation, it's different because it just was. Like, it exi it's always existed for most of you. Um, but because of, and most statistics show that a large um, sort of uh, tracer or trigger for the stress that we experience is due to social media because of comparison and all the things like that. Whatever the case, as a result, all, all of this about your generation, you guys ask really big questions. Um, because of what you see, because of what you feel, because of what you understand, because of what you've experienced, Gen Z asks really big questions. And not just the generation as a whole, um, but I can say from experience that many of you have asked big questions. 
You've asked me or other leaders very big questions that when I was your age, I wasn't thinking about. And there's a reality because of, of who you are and what you've experienced and what you've gone through in life already that you're already asking very big questions. And so this series is designed for us to attempt to ask the big questions and get answers from the Bible and the heart and wisdom of God. That's kind of what we're doing. So we're going to cover all sorts of things. We're going to talk about hot topics. We're going to talk about random things. Um, we're going to talk about life and existence and purpose. We're going to talk about um, things going on in our world right now. We're going to just talk about them. And then hopefully we can go to, not hopefully, but we're going to go to the word of God and get, get God's heart and plan for it. My goal is for us to see the world, each other, and the problems through the filter of Jesus, which will ground us in who God is in his word. That's sort of the summary statement. For us to see the world, each other, and the problems through the filter of Jesus, which will ground us in who God is in his word. In a world of fake news, divide, memes, and Snapchat news stories, it is hard for us to find the heart of God. And so our goal for us is to look at the heart of God as we look at the world around us. So week one, we're talking about this idea called manifesting. We're going to talk about manifesting. Now, we're going to get, as we go through this series, we're going to get to some um, really uncomfortable topics. Um, we're going to get to some really hard topics. Um, we're going to get to some topics that might cause you to be offended and want to leave. Um, because we're going to just talk about them. And so I'm just asking you as we go into this, one, um, to look at this through uh, with grace, meaning um, give us the benefit of the doubt. So if you're like, oh, that rubbed me the wrong way, just roll with us, okay? Just like be here, commit to us. You see what I'm saying? Like don't just be like, oh, that offended me, I'm out. Like let's be a people that, that are... Um, quick to listen, slow to speak, and people that are willing to walk through life and experience with one another. Um, and so go through it with grace. Here's the other thing I'm going to ask you guys to do with this series. Okay, if you're anything like me, a lot of times I base my worldviews primarily not on what is truth, but what I've heard first. Okay, so a lot of times when I hear something, usually what I hear first about a subject, whatever it is, what I hear first about a subject is usually what I attach myself to. Because I heard it first. And then what often happens is if somebody comes on with new information or even statistics or anything like that, I have a hard time. I wrestle within my own heart because it's not what I heard first. And so with, with who you guys are and because of social media and what you guys are privileged to um, and, and what you have access to already, um, a lot of the things that the word of God teaches is stands in contradiction to what the world around us teaches. And so if you have, up until this point, some of you guys, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, however old you are, some of you guys have built a worldview based upon social media or teachers or friends and things like that. And I'm not, I'm, we're not, I'm not condemning, I'm not saying that that's wrong. What I'm saying is now we're going to build a worldview based upon the Word of God. And the Word of God transcends 
What I mean by that is when things around us change, the word of God stays the same. And so right now there's worldviews and there's ideas and there's ideologies and there's practices that have become new and relevant and cool because of the cultural moment that we're in. But they withstand or come against what the word of God teaches and what the word of God allows us to do when we can anchor our life in the word of God and what he says, then we can transcend beyond the chaos of the world around us. So maybe some of the things that we're going to talk about you haven't heard first, and the word of God is going to stand in direct opposition to what you've heard. Now, what I'm, what I'm asking you to do is to go in this with grace and to say, God, if, if you're real and if your worldview is right, and if, who you are, if you are who you say you are, then reveal to me the truth in these things. Does that make sense? Okay, so with this topic of manifesting. This is where we're going to begin. Now, this is a popular idea and a topic that has come up really on multiple occasions, even here on the factory. And so I just thought, why not talk about this? It's been recent for us. Now, what is it? Some of you are like, I don't know what that is. Manifesting, here's a quote, is cultivating the experience of what it is that you want to feel and then living and believing in that experience so that you can allow it to come into form. That's a quote, okay? I'll read it again. It is cultivating the experience of what, is it, what it is that you want to feel and then living and believing in that experience so that you can allow it to come, to, come into form. It is an attempt to bring something into your physical life through thoughts, feelings, or beliefs. It's basically if you um, want it, then will it. That's kind of the idea. If you could summarize manifesting, if you want it, then will it. It's the law of attraction. You attract what you put out. So in other words, if you want, if you want good vibes, if you want good energy, if you want good relationships, then you have to put that out. And then that is ultimately what you attract. According to Huffington Post, there are seven steps to manifest anything you want, including money. Which is like, I'm like, okay. Anything you want, including money. I want money. So how do we do it? I want to only show you three of them. Um, here are three of them. Get clear on what you want. Ask the universe. Keep your vibrations high. So um, now that was, that was only three of the seven. All of them are just about the same. Um, but if you, want to man- if, you, if you want it, then will it. And their steps for that is Get clear on what you want. Ask the universe. Um, Unfortunately, I lost the number to universe. Um, I can't find it anywhere on my phone. Um, But ask the universe and then keep your vibrations high. To summarize, if you want it, will it. So the question and what I want us to consider is as followers of Jesus, do we do this and practice this? Is manifesting a part of the worldview of the word of God and something that we practice and believe as followers of Jesus? Is this an ideology or worldview that we should have or practice? Now, the short answer is no. Um, The long answer is what we're about to get into, and I'll explain what I mean by that. But the short answer, if if you're like, what does the factory think about manifesting and this whole idea? The short answer is no. Right? I'll make it really simple. Um, but we're going to talk about what the follower of Jesus does to produce the same types of things um, that the idea of manifesting is attempting to achieve. 
Because here's why the short answer is no. Because we don't walk by sight or feelings or desires or high vibrations. We walk by faith. Okay? So we don't walk by what we want. We don't walk by what we feel. We don't walk by what simply what we hope for. That's not how we live. We don't walk by what we understand. We walk by faith. That's what the follower of Jesus is called to. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, the Bible says. The, 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 the scripture says that if we must come to God in faith in order to have a relationship with him. So faith is the key. It's not about these other things. It's about faith. So what does that mean? How does followers of Jesus see what they feel, want, or hope for work out in their lives? Because the, 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 the premise of manifesting is a good premise. Right? Can we agree on that? That I feel something, I want something, I hope something, and I don't want it to just be something that I feel. I want it to be something that is actually produced and given in my life. That's a good mindset. That's what we want. So then how do we actually, as followers of Jesus, work this out? Um, Matthew 21, verse 22 is what I want to read to you tonight. Matthew 21, verse 22 is just one verse. Um, Are you guys with me so far? Um, This series is going to be a lot less preaching Um, It's going to be maybe a little less practical. Um, It's going to be kind of like TED Talks. Um, And I've got uh, some cool guest speakers coming in to talk about different topics. We're going to do a Q&A at some point in this series. So it's a lot of cool stuff is going to happen. But because of that, we have to kind of, I know like school and it's hard. We're kind of, I want you to engage your mind a little bit. So so the word of God, Jesus says that we want to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And sometimes the best way for us to worship God is to think. And you're like, I hate thinking. That's okay. But we're going to try. Okay. Matthew 21, verse 22, it says this. Jesus is speaking. He says, and whatever you ask, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. I'm going to read that again. And whatever you ask, whatever, whatever. Okay, what does whatever mean? It means whatever, right? Whatever. Anything. Whatever. Whatever you ask in prayer you will receive if you have faith. That's what Jesus says. Now, this, in a sense, sounds a little bit like manifesting. Okay, so we, we have something that we want, whatever you ask. We're asking. Is it the universe? Is it friends? We ask in prayer. You will receive. If you want it, then will it. You will receive if you have faith. So Jesus is making a bold and powerful statement that God wants to give and we must ask him. God wants to give and we must ask him. But the key, notice the key in this verse, actually I'm going to ask you, what is the key in this verse? It's faith, right? Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if. It's if. Okay, whatever you ask, you will receive if, he says, if you have faith. So the big question, million-dollar question is what's faith, right? That's a million-dollar question. What is faith? Okay, first thought, you can write this down. It is faith in God. Okay, the first idea for tonight, what is faith? It is faith in God. Who you ask for what you want matters. 
Okay, I'm going to say that again because I think this is profound even beyond a biblical thing, like this just in a general sense. Who you ask for what you want matters, okay? If I go to you and I ask you, hey, um, my car isn't working. I can't figure out the problem. Will you fix it for me? Now, there might be somebody in this room that's like super mechanical and gets it and can do it. But probably for most of us, we'd be like, I don't think I'm the right person to ask for that, right? Like maybe go to a mechanic or a specialist or a grown-up like anybody else. Like don't ask us. Um, but so who you ask what you want matters, right? It's important. So who you ask matters. So listen, when we ask for something, we have a desire, we want something. We're not asking the universe. We're not asking our friends. We're not asking ourselves. We're asking God. And whenever we have a desire or a hope or a direction, we must go to God and ask. Then the key with asking, okay, this is what Jesus is teaching us. He says, whatever you ask in prayer, whatever you ask, do it in faith. The key is who you ask, we're asking God. And then the key with asking is releasing. The key with asking is releasing. What do I mean by that? Well, let me, let me use an example. Let's say um, I ask you to do something. Like I'm like, hey, I need you to fa- do me a favor. Will you go out and do this? Okay? And then at the same time when I ask you to go do something, I go and do it also. Am I asking you to do it? No, I'm doing it. And, and, uh, and sometimes, like, we're like, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. But part of growth and life and relationship is learning to let other people do things. Right? We have to learn to, like, hey, you do this, and I'm going to trust that you're going to do it. So if I ask you to do something, and then I go and do something, I'm doing something. I'm not releasing it to you. I haven't really asked. My asking was pointless. And oftentimes, listen to me for a second. You guys with me? I'm going to keep asking that because I don't want you guys to wander. Oftentimes, especially when it comes to asking God, we ask God, hey, God, I want you to do this. And then, okay, I'm just going to go do it. And part of asking is making sure that we're going to God and we can go through God through prayer, through Jesus Christ. We can go to God. But when we ask, we then have to release. But who you ask matters. Listen, if you're wondering what the purpose is for your life or you're wondering what the calling is for your life or you're wondering, okay, is there favor on my life or what is the direction I'm supposed to go? And then you go to a classmate and you say, hey, What's the purpose for my life? I can tell you that unless they're a follower of Jesus, and even if they mean well and no judgment, no hate whatsoever, even if they mean well, their answer for you is not going to be the best answer for you. The best place to go with those questions is God. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you've felt some uh, a way about a person. There's something in your heart that's hard. Or maybe, maybe you've been angry about something. Maybe you've been hurt by something. The best place to go for advice is not the, the trending tag on Twitter. The best person to go to advice on that is God. And so who you ask matters. Okay, so we need to make sure that we're asking the right person. Second thing, not only uh, do we have to ask God, faith in God, there's an expectation of good. 
Now, when it comes, this is what we're talking about. So the idea of manifesting is like, will it, want it. Or want it, will it. You'll make it, work it out. If you believe hard enough in, within yourself and within the universe, it, it will happen. So the followers of Jesus, how do we see the things that we desire come about in our life? Well, we've got to ask God. But secondly, we have to have an expectation of good. Part of the reason we don't ask God is because we think we know better or we don't realize that God has the best in mind for us. And we need to realize who we're asking, and we must also realize what he has. When it comes to asking God for things, you've got to realize who it is you're asking, right? But you also have to realize what he has to offer. When we do this, we will have an expectation that whatever God does is good. Listen to this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. It says this, for I know the thoughts that I think, this is God speaking, the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Right, many of us know that verse. But he says, I need you to know the thoughts that I think towards you. Another translation says, I need you to know the plans that I have for you. They're plans that are, they're not gonna harm you. They're not gonna hurt you. They're plans to give you a future and a hope. That is God's intent for your life. And sometimes we go to God with a, a less than expectation. We go to God with too low of an expectation. And we think that God wants to give us something that will harm us. Or God wants to give us something that's not actually what we want. Or God's going to us, give us something that's useless. Like we're going to go to God and ask for a car. And he's going to give us like a stick. And we're going to be like, well, I don't understand what it is you're giving me. And sometimes we go with the wrong expectation of who God is. And so what we need to do is we need to go to God in faith, and we need to go to God with an expectation of good. That what God has for you, listen to me, what God has for you is the best for your life. And so in a, in a sea of worldviews and ideas and intentions and plans and desires and feelings and actions and hopes and dreams and all of those things, in a, in a sea of emotion... We need to understand that at the end of the day, what God has for me is always good. And what God intends for you is always good. So we must trust the source and the supply. We must trust who we're asking, and we must trust what he has. Another way of saying that is believing that God is capable of doing what is ultimately best for us. Oftentimes, we doubt God's ability to work in our lives. So we must ask the right person. We must believe that he can. But listen, we also must be asking for the right things. The third point, we need to go to God in faith, faith in God. We need to go with an expectation of good. But thirdly, we need to have a promise to go with it. So what we ask, we need to have a promise to go with it. I'll explain. The biggest problem... You guys with me? Okay. Is this helpful? Okay. I don't want to just, I don't want to TED talk about something that nobody cares about. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen those TED talks? Like, it's like TED talk about, I don't know, like shoelace aglets or something. And you're like, that seems so unnecessary. Um, the biggest problem as to why we don't see in our lives what we ask is that we are not asking God for the right things, okay? We think we are, or we're asking for what we want, but listen to me, it's not what he wants. 
Here's the key. When it comes to asking things in faith, we have to realize that faith must have a promise to lean on. Okay, faith must have a promise to lean on. God will never contradict his written word, and God will never contradict his character. Okay, God will never contradict his written word. What's his written word? The Bible. The Bible. Amen. God will never contradict his written word, and God will never contradict his character, who he is, and who he is. And uh, Jesus was asked a question, um, uh, or, and God was asked a question in the Old Testament, um, but they asked him a question about uh, who, it, who is it that people say that you are? And he says, I am who I am, or I am. And this, this, state, this statement, I am, it is this, this constant present being that doesn't change. So God is who he is, and he's always been who he is, and he will always be who he is, and he doesn't change. So God, God is that. And so God will never contradict his written word. So what we ask in faith, listen, must be attached to a promise of God. What we ask in faith must be attached to a promise of God. What I'm saying is that oftentimes we have thoughts, wills, emotions, desires, hopes, dreams, etc. Right? All of us have those things, right? All of us have like an expectation, like I hope my life or I want to see or I plan to be and we have our life played out. Like I hope one day that I can live in this house or I hope that one day I can be in a, 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 a married to somebody and we can have kids and we can have a family together. I hope that I can get this job or I hope that I can influence the, like what we have hopes and dreams and expectations and plans and desires and all of these things. So all of us have those. And some of us right now, we don't know what those are. We're just like, I know I, ha- I want to do something. I have no clue what it is. But I know I, I'm, more, I'm made for something more. I, I've created for, I, there's a reason for my existence. All of these things, they flood through our minds. And so we ask those questions, but sometimes what we ask for, what we hope for, what we dream for, does not have the promise of God, the word of God, the character of God for it to be attached to. What I mean by that is sometimes we're asking for things that God has no intention ever to give to us. Why? Because he's mean? Because he'll, how, uh, 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 God, I'm asking, hello. Like, God, don't, um, how many times am I going to ask for this? And, and, and perhaps God's up there like, honey, you can ask me, like, like, child, you can ask me every day until the cows come home. I'm not going to give that to you. Why? Well, because, well, maybe one, it contradicts the, the written word of God or it contradicts his character. Or maybe, let me tell you something, maybe God has something so much better for you. And maybe your dreams and hopes and, and ideas and desires, he's like, just please don't settle for that. Like, my biggest fear in my life is that I settled for something less than what God had for me. And it's not even that, like, like settling in the sense of, like, oh, I wanted to make more money or, or God had, like, a, a bigger house for me or, like, God had, like, whatever. That's not what I mean. 
but to be in a place in my heart that I missed out on the people or the relationships or the things that God actually had for me because I was too preoccupied asking for things that you're like, dude, are you for real? And so sometimes what we're asking for, it doesn't have a promise to lean on. So what do we have to do? Well, we have to ask with a promise to lean on. Where do we find a promise to lean on? Come on, the answer is so simple. The word of God, right? So we, we attach our desires and our questions and our hopes and our dreams with the word of God. Listen, Jesus can confidently say that whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. He can confidently say that because there is an assumption that if you are praying and if you are asking and if you have faith, you are asking for what God already desires to give you. That makes sense? Okay, I'm going to say it again. Because I think this is like, I write in my notes, so my notes are hilarious because they're kind of random, um, but I highlight my jokes in green. So if you're like, if you're like that joke kind of seemed rehearsed, it was. Okay. Now this is, this is off the cuff. There's no notes for this. Um, but then I also, I highlight key points in pink. And then sometimes when it's like a, a really key point, I highlight it in pink, and then I draw an arrow pointing back to it, and then I write in all caps the word key, K-E-Y, and then I highlight the word key in green, okay? So this sentence is, is highlighted pink, and it's got the arrow, and it's got the highlight green, all right? So it's key. So let me say it again. Jesus can confidently say that whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive, if you have faith, because there's an assumption, right? Jesus is assuming something on our part. He's making this statement, but he's assuming there's something that's going on with us. That if you are praying, and if you are asking, and if you have faith, you are asking for what God already desired to give you. He's assuming because if you're praying, and if you're asking, and if you have faith, if you have those things, he is assuming that because of those things in your heart and in your life, what you will be asking for is going to be attached with the promise of God, and it is something that God already desired to give you. All right, worship team, you guys come up here. I'm done. I hope you're clapping because it was good and not because you're just happy that I'm done. I'm not done, done. Where are you guys going? I'm not done, done. Come on. You know me. When I say I'm done, I've, I've got like five more closes. All right. Listen to this. Psalm 37.4 on the screen. Psalm 37.4 says this. Do you guys know this verse? Psalm 37.4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. This means two things. One, it means that God has given you your desires, and it means he wants to give you your desires. I'm going to say that again. God, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. This means that God has given you, his, given you the desires of your heart and that God wants to give you the desires of your heart. In other words, the desires that you have right now, the things that you have in your heart right now, God has given them to you. Okay, some of them, some of your desires are sports related. Some of your desires are music related. Some of your desires are school related. Some of your desires are relational, relational related. 
Some of your desires are career related. Some of your desires are YouTube related. Some of your desires are whatever it is, right? It, God, God made you you. With all of the you that makes you you, that leads to the desires that you have. You following me? So it's not like you have like, oh man, this random desire, where did this come from? I, God has given you the desires of your heart. But then also, future, God will give you the desires of your heart. So the desires that you have are God-given. And then what he wants to give you, the desires that you have, God wants to give you. Okay. We're doing really basic Bible, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? In, in, uh, basically inductive Bible study. How do, how, do we, how do we break apart a text? Okay. He will give you the desires of your heart. Out of context, that's confusing, and it just seems like God's going to give you whatever you want. He will give you the desires of your heart. What's the first part of the verse? Delight yourself in the Lord. Right. So there's a, there's a preface to the sentence. The statement is he will give you the desires of your heart. The preface is delight yourself in the Lord. So the result, desires of our heart, comes from an action, delight yourself in the Lord. You see? The result, desires of my heart, hopes, dreams, ambitions, wills, wants, uh, uh, all of those things. Results, desire of my heart. Action, delight yourself in the Lord. 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 What he's saying is that in order for us to see our hopes, dreams, wills, desires, all of those things come about, we must learn to delight in him. In other words, ask him, believe he can, can and will, and be asking for the right reason. It isn't about manifesting and it's up to you it's about trusting it's up to him so that that that's the way of thinking i'm trying to break in our minds manifesting all up to you want it will it believe think ask the universe make clear plans strive towards it the seven steps according to huffington post like follow those things you do it and you will receive you will attract the same vibrations that you put out and you, it's basically, it's the law of sowing and reaping. It is you put out that, and you get this in return. What we believe, it's all about trusting. He's going to do it. Here's the best news. Okay, I'm going to sit down for this because I just want to sit down. Here's the best news, okay? Trusting God and going this way rather than it producing out from me, but trusting God is that it's not about sowing and reaping. In other words, it's, it's not about you get what you deserve. Because let me, let me be honest with you for a second. We don't deserve a whole lot. Like if we broke down our life and even our week or maybe even our day, right? The thoughts that we had, the words that we said, the actions we partook in, the, the, the things that we wanted to do or hoped to do or whatever it was, if we were to break down those things in our heart, and then we got what we deserved, it, we'd be like, that's what I deserve. And honestly, we'd be like, okay, I get it. Like, that's what I deserve. I know me. Like, I know what I deserve. I deserve nothing. Like, I'm a jerk. Like, I don't deserve anything, right? And so if we get what we deserve, we're going to get what we deserve. Here's the grace of God. Hold on, hold on. Don't clap for that. Don't clap for that because I'm not done. That's like getting what you deserve. That's kind of lame. 
what we're talking about is trusting God who is infinitely good, who pours out his grace upon us. In other words, you don't get what you deserve. You get what God gives and God is good and God is filled with grace and God is filled with love and God is filled with compassion and God is filled with favor and all of these things that God wants to pour out on your life. And so rather than wanting it and willing it, how about believing and receiving? How about trusting and walking and having faith and receiving favor from God that's undeserved and unearned and we can't earn it and we, because we can't earn it, we can't lose it and because we can't lose it, we get to walk with it forever and trust that God has something for me. And so sometimes, sometimes we're just so, we're so naive in our thinking that we're going to say, I'm going to settle for this because it's what I deserve when God wants to give us so much more because it's who he is. It's in his character. It's in his love. All right, let's stand together. I'm done. I'm going to stand back up on the stage.